Tuesday, April the 19th. And this is your morning briefing from The Economist. Coming up, Russia attacks the Donbass and Macron's dialogue with Putin storms. First, the world in brief. Volodymyr Zelensky, Ukraine's president, said Russia has launched its anticipated attack on the Donbass, a separatist region of eastern Ukraine. In a video address, Mr. Zelensky proclaimed that Ukraine would fight on, quote, no matter how many Russian troops they send there. Earlier, Russia added about 11 battalion tactical groups in southern and eastern Ukraine, an American official said, bringing the total number to 76. Each unit comprises around 800 to 1,000 soldiers. Emmanuel Macron, France's president, said his dialogue with Vladimir Putin, his Russian counterpart, has stalled after, quote, massacres in Bucha and other cities in Ukraine came to light. But Mr Macron did not rule out speaking to Mr Putin in the future. Meanwhile, Ukrainian officials said at least 17 civilians, including seven in the western city of Lviv, were killed by Russian strikes on Monday. A federal judge ruled that mask mandates on aeroplanes and other forms of public transport in America were unlawful. Last week, the country's public health agency extended the mandate up to May 3rd, but was found to have exceeded its legal authority in doing so. The Transportation Security Administration said compulsory mask wearing would no longer be enforced. Several airlines welcomed the decision. Johnson & Johnson, an American pharmaceutical company, said it would pay West Virginia $99 million to settle a lawsuit alleging that the company fueled the state's opioid epidemic. West Virginia was not part of the $5 billion settlement the company made with scores of local governments in February. Opioids have wreaked havoc in Appalachia. West Virginia's overdose rate is America's highest. But the epidemic has mutated as heroin and then fentanyl have proliferated. Mexico's president vowed to nationalise lithium production a day after opposition lawmakers rejected a controversial energy reform package that would have given a state-owned operator control of the electricity market. Andres Manuel López Obrador said the opposition committed, quote, treason with its vote. Unlike the supermajority required for that proposal, nationalisation of the lithium sector only requires simple majorities in Congress, which his party holds. Marine Le Pen, a populist nationalist candidate for the French presidency, is being investigated over allegations of fraud. The Paris prosecutor's office said it had received a report containing allegations that Ms Le Pen misused EU funds for national party organising while a member of the European Parliament. According to Mediapart, an investigative outlet, Ms Le Pen diverted almost €140,000, dollars to pay staff and hold events for her own political party. Her lawyers denied wrongdoing on her part. The World Bank cut its forecast for global economic expansion in 2022 by almost a full percentage point to 3.2%, owing to the war in Ukraine. The region of Europe and Central Asia is expected to contract by over 4%. 
surging food and energy prices will dent growth elsewhere. Fact of the day. 686% Venezuela's inflation rate last year. And correction. Last week, our quiz answers were linked by the theme of state capitals. Except we got one answer wrong ourselves. The state capital of South Carolina is Columbia, not Charleston. Sorry, and thank you to the eagle-eyed quizzes who pointed it out. And now, here's today's agenda. Speeding up carbon removal. To mitigate the worst effects of climate change, governments and businesses must remove billions of tonnes of carbon dioxide from the atmosphere. This can be done through natural means, such as reforestation, or chemical ones, such as using reagents to bind carbon dioxide before storing the byproduct underground. But the technology required for carbon capture is still in its infancy. Frontier, a new fund run by Stripe, a payments company, and backed by Alphabet, Meta, Shopify, and McKinsey, has announced that it will spend $925 million on advanced purchases from a range of companies working to remove carbon, using everything from kelp to pulverised rocks. The hope is that this will hurry along the development of carbon capture technologies by attracting investors. It is the biggest bet on the industry yet. But such schemes have a promising track record, having encouraged the development of COVID-19 vaccines. Healthy results expected for J&J and PNG. It should be a bumper 24 hours for earnings in consumer health. Johnson & Johnson, a drug-making giant, publishes first on Tuesday. Its bottom lines have been buoyed by COVID-19 vaccines and sustained demand for medical equipment. Procter & Gamble, a consumer goods multinational, reports on Wednesday. Investors are confident about growth in core lines, such as cleaning products. This bullishness comes despite the damage done by Western sanctions on Russia. Higher prices for energy and commodities have hit gross margins, and J&J &J is absorbing a 1% drop in global sales after taking personal care products off Russian shelves. P&G has also reduced its operations in the country. The resilience of these firms shows the pandemic is still a boon for some businesses. Catching a rocket booster in mid-air Only SpaceX, an American firm, has managed to recover and reuse part of the boosters that propel its rockets into space. Now, a smaller competitor, Rocket Lab, aims to pull off the same feat during a launch window that begins this week. The reusable stage of SpaceX's Falcon 9 is slowed by thrusters as it plummets back to Earth. Rocket Lab's 18-metre-tall electron launcher, less than a third of the height of the Falcon 9, is instead meant to have its parachute snagged by a helicopter dangling a line and hook. Rocket Lab's offering will lift off from New Zealand, along with 34 small satellites destined for low orbits. The booster stage is meant to separate about 80 kilometres up before falling into a, quote, 
catch zone, 280 kilometers from the coast. If it all works, Rocket Lab, which has busy factories in California and New Zealand, reckons it will be able to launch more frequently and at lower prices than SpaceX. Netflix chilled. The world's biggest streaming service was popular with both investors and homebound viewers during lockdowns. But as COVID-19 restrictions have eased, subscriber growth has slowed and Netflix's share price has tanked. It has fallen by more than 50% since its high in mid-November. It is a gloomy backdrop for the publication of quarterly results, which are out on Tuesday. Netflix is looking for ways to recover. As well as building on established hits, see next story, and raising prices, the firm is experimenting with password sharing, a trial program in some Latin American countries will let subscribers share their accounts with other households for a fee. Other trials are also rumoured, such as staggered releases to keep subscribers hooked. Netflix has long dismissed introducing ads, but when asked about them in March, a senior executive said, quote, never say never. Expect plot twists. Russian doll again and again. Netflix enjoyed a surprise hit with the quirky, dark Russian doll in 2019. Across eight episodes, Nadia, played by Natasha Lyonne, dies 22 times. Each time, she resurfaces in the bathroom at her own birthday party, staring at herself in the mirror. As with other time loop stories, the protagonist faced a metaphysical quest to find the cause of the trap. Nadia probed her own morality, trauma and guilt, and found Alan, Charlie Barnett, trapped in the same situation. They helped each other navigate their quandaries together, and reviewers praised the skillful ending. Some writers may have left it there, but a second season of Russian Doll lands on Wednesday. Thanks to another wrinkle in time, Nadia and Alan are able to travel in history, with Nadia attempting to track down goods stolen from her Hungarian Jewish ancestors by the Nazis. As before, the supernatural setup allows the writers to probe human themes, this time of justice and inheritance. Daily Quiz Our baristas will serve you a new question each day. On Friday, your challenge is to give all five answers and tell us the connecting theme. Email your responses and include mention of your home city and country by 5pm BST on Friday to quizespresso at economist.com. We'll pick randomly from those with the right answers and crown one winner per continent on Saturday. Tuesday. Which actor and singer played the title role in Doogie Howser, M.D.? Finally, here's the quote of the day from Benjamin Disraeli, who died on this day in 1881. Patience is a necessary ingredient of genius. That's it from The Economist Morning Briefing, available every weekday and on Saturdays. You can hear interviews and analysis from our journalists, 
including our current affairs podcast, The Intelligence, by searching for The Economist on your podcast app, or by asking your smart speaker to play the latest Economist podcast. And as a subscriber, you have access to each week's full edition in audio. Just download The Economist app on your mobile device to start listening. Thank you.